Welcome. You're about to be ushered past the velvet rope and into a world of hyper-effective salesmanship that's understood and used only by the world's most notoriously rich and successful marketers. We're taking a journey deep inside the human brain, past the surface clutter, and into the psychological insights to answer the one crucial question, what makes people buy? I'm your host, Kevin Rogers, along with the most ripped off and respected copywriter alive, John Carlton, and this is Psych Insights for Modern Marketers. Hey, welcome back to Psych Insights for Modern Marketers. Excited to be here for another hot episode for you with the man of the hour, Mr. John Carlton. What's up, John? Hey, Kevin. I, I'm thinking everybody thought we were dead because we <laughs> didn't do one for a month man, there. People oh. get angry. Uh, you know? I like that. Yeah. yeah. The, the, Screw them. You know, <laughs> it's just it's, we're, we're stringing them along. It's like it's That's like. Right. Uh, it's like a bad romance that just won't die. So. It's, it's not interesting if you know what to expect, right? It's so, true. <laughs> uh, and, so, and so that's our topic today. Uh, interesting. Uh, John, we're just talking about how we've talked quite a bit about humor, uh, when and when not to, to tr- attempt humor in marketing, uh, how to just in, you know have a sense of humor, right? Right. Um, uh, but you had this great concept now about living an interesting life and, and being more interesting and you you came up with a great story formula for how to you know uh, reframe yeah your thinking and your stories to be more interesting. So talk to me about you know what what inspired that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to the to the formula in a mm-hmm. bit. This you know the the genesis of this uh, the topic for this show you know being interesting. You and I tried to help somebody once a couple of years ago to be more funny. And we actually sat down and we tried to break it down into some kind of formula, you know, watch more comedy routines critically, you know, break it down. What, why was this funny? When was it funny? When, you know, was he using irony or was he using, you know, uh, um, uh, you know fall down on your face yeah. humor? Yeah. Or exaggeration or what was the, mm. what were the elements? And while we felt pretty good about breaking down the idea of what's funny and how, how does somebody become humorous? Well, we broke that down. It wasn't translatable. It, it, I, we didn't have any real success in taking any humorless bastards and turning them into the life of the party. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you get your little kit, you know, here, here's your here's your lampshade, your, your bottle of uh, Johnny Walker and a joke book. You know, you can tear out pages and go read them in the bathroom. And it just it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you wind up with a drunken guy, you know, passed out with a lampshade on his head and a torn up book in the bathroom. People are like, hey, who tore up this book in the bathroom? <laughs> So, so, and I was thinking about being interesting because I've been asked the same question now. Um, I'm teaching an SWS class, uh, a simple writing system Mm -hmm. class, and I'm being asked about being interesting. And I keep thinking, you know, my life is interesting to me because I think it's interesting. And I, whenever I've talked to anyone, including the most boring guy that, that I've ever met, you know, when I talk to them, I find glimmers of interest in their life. I'm, I'm able to find something of interest in anyone's life or anyone's story, but they don't always see it that way. They see that, you know, they kind of put themselves down. They think, ah, I don't lead an interesting life. And I keep thinking about that. I think, I think it's the way you're just looking at it. I mean, there are people that have done amazing things mm-hmm. that come back and just can't tell a story about it. They can't, 
they can't translate experience into what, what I call lessons. I mean, my whole life has been about teaching other people, and it's given me the excuse to go back into my life and look at various things and get the lessons that I learned from failure. All my best lessons came from abject failure and disasters and all this stuff. You know, when things were really well, I didn't learn a lot. It was yes. just enjoy the moment, go for it. But being able to take the failures or the or the rejections or the just the brutal mis misadventures. And, you know, if I lived through it, I'd have a story to tell. If I had a story to tell, there was often a lesson in there somewhere. And I think this is where being interesting comes in. As a writer, it's almost a um, a primary uh, requirement mm -hmm. is to be inter to have an interesting life. It's hard to be interesting when you're not interested yourself. Yeah. In other words, being interesting starts with with uh, being interested in things and other people and a lot of stuff. So it's it's funny that uh, one of the, uh, a lot of the self help books that try to teach people how to come out of their shells and how to stop being a wallflower and and start at least you know interacting with people is listen. And people don't understand that. But if you listen to other people, I have so many people in my life that feel like they know me and um, they really don't. Because what, what, what happens is I listen to them and I know them very well. I know, I know about their lives because I listen. I know their stories and I know a lot about them, but I don't necessarily share all the time with, with people um, that I meet. I don't share in, in a professional context. I only share with close friends and, and family. And they, they, they think they know me, but they don't really, because I'm not telling the stories over and over again. Now in my writing, I do, in my blog and in my professional life and my books, I'm share, that's where I'm doing all my sharing. So, so you can kind of know that. But most people don't listen to me. They, when they finally find out that I'm gonna to listen to what they're talking about, they will start telling their stories. And if I help them, they can actually start make those stories inter more interesting. Because I just ask them the questions. It's kind of like the who, what, where, why, and how type of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Why did you do that? Well, I don't know. Doesn't everybody? No, I've never met anybody that did it that way. You know, that's, you know, and, and, and they'll start, oh, I guess, I guess I did. I was kind of a pioneer in that. And they get going. But they, 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 they lack empathy. They lack, they lack a lot of the things that's, that that make them that that not just will make your life interesting, but make but make it interesting to to other people. And a lot of that has to do with listening both ways. So mm -hmm. you share your life with somebody, you also listen, and you get their life. And that's where actual true friendships come come in. If you, th I think people that lead uninteresting lives, a lot of times lack true friends too. I've I've seen that. Yeah. And, and it's because of a lack of sharing, a lack of sharing adventure, a lack of sharing the stories about adventures, and a lack of, of just understanding how this this wonderful, goofy, scary world that, that we live in with all these opportunities for adventures and misadventures and stuff. A lot of people are kind of missing the train. Yes, you want to be safe. You want to keep your family safe. You want to lead a life free of, you know, saber tooth tigers ripping an arm off. But you can be too safe. You mm -hmm. can you can wall yourself off from the experience of life, yeah. and and act, and it's almost like being uninteresting seems like a protective move mm. to make. It's like uh, it's it, and I think it's a huge mistake. Mm. Don't know you? No, that's a great point. It's a, it really, I never really thought of it that way. I can tell you as a parent. Well, you know, we're fresh in this this horrible tragedy at Disney, and you're thinking, right. you know. 
there are people who won't go because that happened, right? Yeah. And they're robbing themselves of of that experience. Or you know, you could take it to anything. Rock climbing. Uh, you know, we 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 are scared. Uh, ge- generation of, of parents and it's it's obviously it's it's the news cycle and it's just how much we hear about all this awful stuff right, right. and uh, like you said it is the reaction to to want to just be safe but to not have adventure uh, you know John you and I look back at our childhoods and it's it, it feels like a miracle that we're breathing air today right <laughs> it I mean, is. how it many is. chances yeah. did we have to bite the dust uh, right. and uh, but I don't know that kids uh, uh, when they this generation are going to have those same kind of stories it's going to be like no nah, I could have never done that my mom would have killed me if I climbed a tree <laughs> right you know it's like yeah it, and, and i think climbing the tree is the is is a metaphor for it you know i just i i, ha, I know a 47 year old woman who just two weeks ago went to a food truck thing we have a, a food truck fridays where they all the food trucks gather on the park and and uh, you know a lot of people go and she climbed a tree mm. she was with a uh, uh, uh the daughter of a friend who climbed a tree and she got up about 15 feet and said hey come on up and my friend you know a a grandmother said sure why not she hadn't climbed a tree in you know 50 years <laughs> or not not quite that long but uh and and she got up about 30 or 40 feet and it was exhilarating you know now she didn't like go out on limbs that were cracking and squirrels were looking at her cross-eyed because she was about to die but she climbed this huge beautiful tree and it's like a is it she's looking down on people she's She's got a whole new view of yeah. the whole area. She'd never seen the area from from that height before. Uh, she came back down. You know, she had a few scrapes and bruises, but so what? It was like proof of of their little mini adventure. Yeah. And it's it's like you know, j- just as a metaphor, it's like some people will say they can't climb the tree. Now, maybe there are physical limitations. Maybe you got a bum leg. Maybe there are good reasons why you're not climbing a tree. Mm-hmm. But for most people that we're talking about, I think most listeners out there. There's no reason for you not to climb the tree except your own decision to stop having tree climbing in your life or to never introduce it in your life. Mm-hmm. To to not even entertain the thought that you could be that guy that did that. I think one of the advantages that I had in my generation when when we became young adults, and I, you, I put the word adults in quotes because we really didn't grow up until we were well into our 30s in most cases. But the, the reason we had certain experiences that subsequent generations didn't is because we never felt it was kind of like uh what's that phrase dance like nobody's watching that was my generation it was just like you know there wasn't this sense of putting you down because you weren't wearing the right clothes or you you know you we we grew our hair long and we were poor so we wore poor like clothes and there was kind of fashion stuff going on but it wasn't like the reason to be out and about Mm -hmm. the reason to be out and about was to hang with people was to have experience Experiences, you know, take drugs and have sex, of course. But it, it was there's just a sense that life was there to be devoured and putting up more obstacles in front of your quest for living a full life, adding to the burden of repression that we we were trying to break free of just seemed counterintuitive at the time. So so anything that like stopped us from dancing or stopped us from going out or doing things was 
was to be disregarded or, or, or rejected outright. And I saw in subsequent generations, I grew up that, that they started piling on the self restrictions. They started putting up challenges and, and their own limitations. I couldn't do that. I couldn't dance like that. You know, I, you know, it's the wrong kind of music, you know, or I, you know, I, I didn't go out because I didn't have my, you know, my, my, my clothes together. I didn't, you know, didn't want to want to look, you know, out, out of place somewhere. Just, it, it, it just bothers me that so many people set up all these limitations and restrictions to their life and it can make you a less interesting person. And as we're talking about, to get back to the subject, as a writer, it's your job as a writer, whether you're a fiction writer, whether you're a journalist, whether you're writing articles, you're a blog, uh, a bloggist, a blogger, yeah. <laughs> um, or a, uh, or, you know, you're making podcasts or you're a copywriter or whatever. It's your job to be that person who is leading the charge of getting out into life and doing things. The, the, you know, Hemingway went out, you know, he wanted to be a writer and he wanted to be a journalist and he wanted to do a lot of things and he knew he couldn't do it without experiences. So he went off to war. He went off to the Spanish, uh, Spanish Civil War, actually on the front lines. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to do that. You don't need to go find it. But if that's part of what you want to do, then you can't do it from the armchair. Right. Um, if you know, if if you want to learn more about whatever it is you're doing, start sampling it. When, when whenever I had a job, I would try to get as close as I could to actually doing the things that I was writing about. So I picked up golf. I started hanging out with self-defense experts and, you know, dabbling in, in self-defense. I never got really good at it, but I would, but I got, you know, I know how to fall and, you know, I know what it's like to get hit and deliver a punch. Mm -hmm. I started, you know, I went out and learned how to handle a gun. I, uh, I went out and hung out in gyms, you know, and actually did some minor bodybuilding when I was writing for, for that market. Uh, in the financial field, I started hanging out with financial financial experts and non-experts and finding out stuff. And, you know, sometimes the, those worlds have inherent interest. Uh, the bodybuilding world, you know, for example, once you get past the revulsion at going into sweaty gyms where people are grunting a lot and, and get behind the stories of what these guys are going through and what their what their lives are like, you know, the men and women that, that are involved in in making their bodies as best as they can be. It's very, very interesting stuff. And it's the same, you know, it's, it's naturally interesting to hang out with the guy, you know, with the, uh, the mercenaries and the, and the, uh, the self-defense and the uh, preppers and those guys. I, I think those guys are fascinating, yeah. but not for the reasons they think they're fascinating. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, just, to, just to sum up before, before you dive in, I, I had a phrase that I wanted to share that I put in the email where I was proposing this show was, I, I think the key to being interesting for anyone out there who wants to you know, jack up the level of, of interest they bring to the world and, and, and all of this. The key is just living a better life. Try to have more adventures. Be that guy or that girl who does the stuff others are scared to attempt. Um, jump on the opportunities that, that that come up to do things and be fearless about failure. And I think that's the main thing. As I said before, the main lessons that I have, all of my books, all of my success, all of my speeches, all of the mentoring I've done, I've done have come from the lessons I've learned from failing, mm. not from succeeding, but from from going out there and stubbing my toe, falling flat on my face, being embarrassed, humiliated, uh, suffering 
you know, un unbelievably, you know, catastrophic failures, you know, and, and like I said, if I lived through it, I had a story to tell. And if I could find the lesson, it was often a great lesson that could that would mean I wouldn't go through that failure again. I could fix what went wrong. I could find out what the, where the problems was and make it better. So there was a it's like two shoes drop. The first shoe drops as you go out there and you blunder around and you make a lot of mistakes. And wow, that was horrible. But rather than slinking away and going and hiding from the world, you 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 fill in the gaps. What didn't I know that I need to know? What didn't I do that I that I need to have the skills to do? Mm. How could I have handled this better? What you know? How could I have you know addressed the situation better? You know, how was I bullied by people into doing the wrong thing? All that fix all of that. Get all that and just and as fast as possible. Get back out there with your new discoveries and do it again and that's how you know that's how you get better and if you can share that stuff later then you've got you know you've your books are already written your 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 lesson plan is already out there i mean you know you yeah. nobody nobody can copy exactly what you what you've gone through in your life but the general idea the less the general lessons are you know are very profound when they come from real life does, does that make sense? Absolutely, that's incredible. And I'll tell you what: in modern marketing, as as a, an entrepreneur, you, your greatest unfair advantage is your willingness to share those struggles. Yes, because that is what the bigger companies won't do, uh, and when they try to do it, it comes off contrived, right? And so you can you could wake up one day remember a great story where you struggled, where you persevered, or maybe you didn't and just share the lesson. You can have that out by noon. Whereas, yeah. you know, uh, for your bigger competitors to try to manufacture or legally vet the cup, you know, the, the ramifications of sharing such a detail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is not just uh, about being a more interesting person. It's about if you want to gain attention, get attention and keep attention in the modern world of marketing, it's a prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know any, I know writers who do not feel that they leave, lead interesting lives. Yeah, I agree. I, I do know one. And it's funny you say this because when you first proposed this, I thought of somebody who I know is a very good writer and uh, frankly, they're not interesting. And well, they actually are interesting, but they, they, they're not good at sharing, right? It's just like you said, uh, their instinct is not to share or be open. And if I'm being honest and I'm really thinking of them compared to some other writers, uh, there is like a limitation yeah. on, on how interesting their writing can be. You, you do see that, that restrictor plate. And you know the, the the top guys, you know the Dan Kennedys, the mm -hmm. Gary Halberts, the the guys that that, that that we all look up to, shared almost to a fault at times. You know they they're very open. Um, they use their own lives as, as examples, and they share things that I know because I know these guys. Um, they you know they kind of you know they think wow should I have shared that. And then after a while, they, they get over it. And then they become like just a conduit. They, you can't shut them up. You know? <laughs> right, right. And that's, you know, it makes for an interesting person. So, but how you share is very, very important. I think that leads us back to this little formula I cooked up. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't just, you know, you can't be a boring storyteller and be an, an interesting person. It's, it's, I was just at a party the, the other day where somebody, a known, um, 
uh, fabulous. Uh, you know, a, a person who 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 tell, tell, tells you know, stories, takes ordinary stories, and makes them even more boring than they than they than they need to be. <laughs> And, and an entire table of people kind of shut her down, you know, just, you know, just, you know, kind of yawning. They started making a big deal, checking their watches, you know, and she was nowhere near making a point. And it was I was thinking, no, I feel bad for her, but she refuses to make her stories more interesting. It's not that the subject matter is not in, in, interesting. She just she just will not consciously try to to tell a story. So I started thinking, well, maybe there's there's a way to help with with a formula, maybe something. So here's the formula we have. And I'm going to give it my example of this and then kevin kevin will give, give his and i would suggest that anyone listening here try it themselves mm -hmm. and and the idea this way it's not a magic magic uh, uh, uh formula that's going to help everything but for me i put it together very very quickly and it kind of worked with a, the couple of examples I, I i tried and then kevin used it and it worked so you know you can change it however you want but mm -hmm. i'm i'm a big fan of of these you know turning things into formulas that at least give you a launching pad to get off to think about it so when you think about events in your life that that you may normally just say oh yeah when i started out things are really bad you know and then they got good and now i'm you know rich and respected i mean if that's the story that you have to tell there's no lesson there there's no detail there's nothing to make it interesting and if you don't know how to tell that story you might take half an hour to talk about you know it all started back in a log cabin in you know lincoln iowa you know <laughs> and it's like you know people are yawning and checking their watches you know so to skip that out so here's the formula real quick and I have the variable elements in brackets. So I will say bracket, and then I'll say what, what that part of the formula is. And it's a couple of sentences long, so pay attention. Here's the formula. Back when I was, bracket, insert, self-deprecating incongruous phrase in bracket. So back when I was, blank, I desperately wanted to, <clears throat> bracket, insert, do something clearly outrageous and unattainable, in bracket. <clears throat> but I, bracket, was hobbled by something, in bracket. This provided the best possible lesson, <clears throat> bracket, insert, lesson, phrased as an idiot lucking out, in bracket. What does this mean for you? Simple. If a moron like me can succeed, then you can too. So that's it. That's that's right. that's what, what I consider the formula. Now, let, let me give you my example and then uh, Kevin can comment and he can give his, his example and, and we'll comment on that. And um, OK, so here's mine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back when I was a delusional teenager drowning in hormones, I desperately wanted to screw all the junior varsity cheerleaders. But the fact that I couldn't even speak around them presented a rather serious challenge. Then I stumbled upon How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and suddenly a whole new world of humiliation and wonder opened up for me. I never did nail a cheerleader, but I did get to second base with a pom-pom girl as a junior, which was huge for a former loser like me, and it made for a much more interesting senior year. So that's that's my 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 well, lesson. Then, then there's the uh, 
paragraph after that that kind of ties it up. Oh, in the right, right. Yeah. I forgot that. So let, let me tie it up. What does this mean? What does this mean for you? Simple. If a total, totally introverted, goofy-looking loser like me can conquer crippling social anxiety and actually have a real social life that includes fooling around with pom-pom girls in the back seat, then imagine what all these secrets can do for a stud like you. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot the. I forgot the. That's point. great. I mean, it's a little sales letter, right? I mean, you know, yeah. uh, it's fantastic. And so uh, now, when you, it feels like you kind of just you ripped ripped that off top of mine uh, to prove the formula. Is that, is that about right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I did edit a few of the words there, um, but uh, very few. It was that was a draft. Yeah, yeah. First. I, I, so I did the same thing because I just wanted to. I think you, you read it to me and you said, your turn, right? So I was like, yeah. all right, I'm just going to do it. And I kind of like, it's almost like an improv game. It reminded me of, right? Because I, I, I sort of started uh, just going, all right, back when, what was I? And I just grabbed something. And then it was like, I was writing in real time with, with very little editing and just looking up at the formula, you know what I mean? So it was, yeah. it was almost like, like improv stream of consciousness writing. And, and I think I'd love for, for our listeners to, to do this for themselves, but do it that way. Yeah. Don't turn this into a, 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 a laborious thing, you know? All right. So here's, here's what I just uh, came off. And I, I kind of stole your thing about the book being the, the turning point, but yeah. uh, so, all right. Back when I was a worn out road comic with no money and less business smarts, I desperately wanted to move to Hollywood and start earning big bucks writing sitcoms. Uh, the fact that I'd never written a script in my life made it a bit awkward when friends introduced me to agents who asked to <laughs> read my spec. <laughs> so I went out and bought the most lamely titled book on the subject, How to, Win, How to Write for Television by Madeline DiMaggio. It proved to be exactly what I needed. No complex psychology behind four-dimensional character development, just the facts, ma'am, backed up with solid examples. Turns out I had a knack for sitcom writing. I borrowed a neighbor's computer with script writing software, which comes free with a Los Angeles driver's license, and single-fingered <laughs> typed my legal pad scribble into something that looked like a real pro piece of work. The jokes weren't too bad either. I never did get the gig I wanted at the time, but I did get a lot of positive feedback from producers and most importantly, fell in love with writing, which proved prophetic in my second life as a copywriter. What does this mean for you? Simple. If a broke-ass hippie comic like me can grow the seed of a new life reading one boring book and jamming out a spec script, then you can do it too. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. So, and, but again, that's the, the beauty. I think what it proved, John, more than anything, is that we both had these stories in our head. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe we've told them in different ways over time, but totally going unused and... Just by having a formula, it, 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 it took them out of us and put it into a, a very usable format, which, of course, you could go back and noodle and improve. But, man, I, I get excited by this because uh, sometimes all people need is an excuse to sit down and, and let the thoughts flow. Exactly. And this hopefully, I mean, I can't think of how we would do this with with our, our quest to make people more humorous. I think that was a, a, a dead end alley that we went down. <laughs> but this, I think, is a wide open highway where it's almost impossible to live. Well, even to, you know, to live past childhood, especially in the Western world and not have had interesting things happen. 
Um, <laughs> the trouble, again, is the telling of the stories and the finding the lessons in those stories. So hopefully this 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 um, rather hastily put out formula can can help people start to reframe their own experiences. Yeah. And and and, and again, you know, this is all meant to help people lead more interesting lives. I don't ever want to be asked again unless it's absolutely necessary by someone, you know, how do I lead an interesting life too? I think one of the things to stop doing is stop comparing your life to other people's lives. Mm. Um, if you're hanging out with guys who regularly climb, you know, Mount Everest and skydive all the time and, you know, they're they're reckless thrill seekers, you know, you're not going to match them story for story. So your interest, interesting s- stories are going to come from a different part of, of life. So you have to find out what your niche is in life. And a lot, for, for a lot of writers, you know, who are introverts, um, you know, we, we, we're not skydiving necessarily, so, but, but maybe we could go out and try skydiving. The story we'll tell will certainly be different from the story told by a thrill seeker who just thought it was the best thing to ever happen to him. Because for us, we'd be screaming all the way down, <laughs> soiling ourselves, and you know, but still having a story. And we come down and say, wow, that was great. And yeah. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the but, story then, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, if you need to do that. But even if you're just, even if you're a family man, you know, it's like how many comics, you know, uh, Kevin, who have changed their act to being mm-hmm. a dad, talking oh, yeah. about their, you know, now they're talking about their family. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of audiences sigh and roll their eyes, go, oh, God, more diaper jokes, you know, and stuff. But some guys make it very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, Jim what's Brewer, his name? Jim uh, Brewer comes to mind for me. Uh, yeah, and what's his name? Uh, who had has the TV show? Uh, uh, Louis C.K. Uh, yeah, Louis, yeah, Louis C.K. I keep wanting to call him C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Louis C.K. would you know did, did that thing and it actually made it interesting. It mm-hmm. caused his divorce probably, but you know he. Um, so so I, I, I guess the. The impetus here is the, you know, go forth, young man, and find the interesting stories in your life and lay them out bare in a, in a manner where other people can find them interesting, too, mm-hmm. and where there's a lesson that, that you can share. There's a lesson in everything that happens. You yeah. know, going down to the DMV to get your get your car registered, there's a, there's a story and a lesson there. Yeah, great, um, great point. I think that's one of the great values of doing a thing like this is just making yourself conscious of the fact that there's a story to look for. Yeah. Right? You know, one other thing, we, on the last uh, episode, we talked about the video we made in the car and post, oh, yeah. posted it up. And this it, it reminds me, if you watch that video, you'll see, uh, 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 you know, seven people going to get Greek food who are all really looking for the joke, which means they're looking for the story and looking for the experience. These are all writers who are trained that way to constantly be on the lookout. What can I point out? What the hell's going on around us right now? Yeah. And that's, that's what is so fascinating. And so you could actually see an example of this and just think this stuff going on all around. It's not hard to be interesting because Really, life is interesting if you just take time to observe. Yeah. And let me, let me make one last point that just popped in my head while, while I was listening to you there. 
A lot of people point to like Hunter S. Thompson, guys like that as, you know, God, I wish I knew a guy like that. Or, you know, they, they sure broke the mold when they invented him and all of that. And it's just not true. I will tell you from personal experience, the world is full of, of uh, Hunter S. Thompsons out there. It's just not all of them write books and become world famous. Not not all of them reach that level of notoriety where where they're well known or, or where their stuff is out there. There are there are books just as wacky as his out there, and they're still being written now. There are guys around you right now in your town. I don't care if you live in a town of seven hundred people and you know in the, in the in the middle of flyover country. There are people there who have the same kind of mojo going on. Maybe not exact, but it's it's pretty similar. So, you know, Hunter S. Thompson, if he wasn't a famous author, he would be the crank with the guns living next door to you who you yeah. kept calling the sheriff on. But because he was known, he was good friends with the sheriff and, and his neighbors. Yeah, I think the sher- sheriff would leave his house drunk two hours later. And yeah, <laughs> that's what makes him interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but these people are everywhere. So it's like, op- open your eyes, op- open yourself to experience. You know, I, you know, as, as a homework assignment, go talk to the homeless guy at the, at the corner, you know, with the sign, you know, um, you know, ask, asking for money. I mean, you know, do it safely. Don't, don't go out and expose yourself, but, you know, don't ignore people like that or people who you, you know, if, if you, if you walk around life thinking there are people who are below you for whatever, whatever measurement you have, mm. that they're beneath you or they're not in your class or they, or, or they're above you. If you're not in their league, I mean, think of all the phrases we have, you know, too, too big for your britches, uh, out, out, out of your league, mm. um, beneath me, things like that. Just abolish that crap. Just, you know, we're all humans. We're all, most of us are doing the best we can. If we're still alive, we've done the best we can to get to that point, at least. We may not be doing the best possible with the tools we have, but there's there's so many other stories out there. And if you're, you know, one of my best pieces of advice that I had when I first started doing my newsletter what, 15 years ago was to get out of Dodge regularly. And by that, I meant it metaphorically, both travel and travel somewhere where your usual bullshit doesn't cut it. Go go and hang out with people who don't share your political views, who Absolutely. don't share your comfortable lifestyle. And Perry Marshall, you know, the the, the guy behind the, the AdWords book and, and several other books, you know, now a major guy, credits that advice with changing his life quite, quite you know, quite profoundly. He, he wandered off to China and, and uh, start, started traveling the world and purposely sought out uh, not necessarily unsafe places, but places where none of what he knew was going to work. The language didn't work. He was completely out of his element. He... Um, you know, he 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 had to approach things because he had to use a completely different set of tools. And it was just, you know, it just it opened him up in, in, in multiple ways. He, he gave me a very good uh, t- testimonial about that. And we can all do that. You don't need to, you know, if you're taking the family on a vacation, don't don't take them to, to you know, Disneyland if, if, if you've already been or if that's a safe choice. You know, um, Kevin, you're bringing them out to the West Coast. You're going to tour, uh, you know, the the oh, yeah. li- li- literally the coast. Yeah, we're going uh, to Alcatraz. We're going to Hearst Castle. We're, you know, yeah. driving up the coast. And those of the memories you have for life you know yeah uh, yep. you know what comes to mind john and i think I, I have a phrase as you were talking here just you know develop your perspective right yeah which you talk about like for me if i if i, if I went to a trump rally I, I would come away with so many stories <laughs> like that would be the greatest blog post you know just because it would be so much colorful craziness going on around me that didn't necessarily match my my ideals but 
putting yourself in a fish out of water scenario and being just just open to observe the best writers are the best observers uh, like you said the best Absolutely. listeners uh and I, it just reminds me of you, you brought up dan kennedy when we sat down to dinner with him mm-hmm. uh the first thing he did do you remember the story he told or what it was about uh, what was it, it about it, it, uh, joan rivers yes it was joan rivers funeral and yeah. it was hilarious and i'm sure no one else sitting in the crowd that day would tell the story the same way no. right it was because it was through dan's lens that he'd consciously developed over his life and that's what made it so damn funny uh and it, it's very it's, true so, so so you know just it takes conscious effort. It's not. I don't. I, I don't think he had told that story before either. I think one of the um, reasons that he so readily agreed to to that dinner and to put himself and once he made sure we didn't have an agenda or anything, we yeah. he was able to tell these stories. I'm not sure he's told those stories before. So yeah. the, the experiences are in his head, and it was just like a huge relief to have a, an audience of people who understood. The whole thing. I mean, I, I hurt so bad from laughing that, uh, yeah, it was hard to eat afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the thing is, you know, I think that's another important point. This isn't something you're, you're born with. This isn't a gene. Like some people maybe do have a showman's gene or, or something, but uh, it really just takes consciousness. And that's why I love this framework, John. I think it's it's a cool gift. I never forget that series, you the post you had, what is it? What was it? You, you, the, you, the movie. Oh yeah, With the, that, was that was a great one. It was like the challenge to tell your life story in three sentences, which is almost the opposite in a sense to this. It was that was about how much can you pack into just yep. a few words, and that's a great exercise. But this is on you know, a, a higher meta level of man, just look what's going on around you. Get your face out of your phone for a few. That's the other thing that, that kids, I won't go on a rant here, but as a parent, I'm telling, I'm always telling my kids, uh, man, you know, you cannot develop while your face is in that thing. Cause you're, you're, you're only, you're in input mode. You're yeah, receiving that's true. everybody else's ideas and you're not develop. You might be developing opinions, but not ideas. And you know, it's funny. My son lost his phone for the week. Uh, for something and uh, he, he said to me three days in my daughter was going when when will we get our phones back uh, and my Ben goes like this is the greatest thing ever he goes I don't miss it I don't miss it at all he's like oh, good, it, good it, for it, him. it feels great not to have that thing dinging and, and, and so I, I was relieved by that but um, yeah man just just you know have a look around and challenge yourself you talk about journaling a lot John it's it's another important way to develop your stories and develop your perspective. Yes, yeah, I think I, I think uh, you know if 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 you're not keeping a journal and you want to be a writer, you're making a huge mistake. It doesn't need to follow any kind of strict guidelines. Just it's your thoughts, it's your observations. But try, even though you may be the only person that ever reads it, and you you have them all all your journals burned upon your death. Make it interesting. 
make it so interesting that you want to read it again later, you know, and find out what's going on. So just strive to be interesting. Look for the interesting stuff, the, the you know, reframe things. You know, yes, you were scared uh, during when, when something happened. Was there a, a funny thing about it? Um, you know, most of the writers I know, we can laugh about the most gruesome stuff. And we're not laughing to be disrespectful. We're laughing because we have all the emotions available to us because, because that's what we are. We're conduits for, for emotional outlets and stuff. We find the emotional story within the story. We find the intellectual story within the story, the physical elements, all the, the spiritual elements. And, and I don't mean religious. I mean, the, you know, just the experience of being alive is, is so wonderful. I mean, if, if I, if I wake up and I'm a little bored or I'm scared or I'm, you know, I had a nightmare or I'm out of sorts or something, I just stop and think for a little bit about the wonder of what we are experiencing as living beings. Everything that went into this org organism that is now you is pretty freaking amazing. And to be bored in modern life is a luxury most of our ancestors didn't have, and it's a disservice to them. If you're bored, that's a choice you're making. So just stop it. Turn it around right now and start uh, start thinking about things in interesting ways. I mean, you, you know, I can write funny stuff about being bored. I've had some good, you know, good insights come come to me from being bored because I started to reframe it. You know, why am I bored? What's going on? What what put me in this spot? How did I get here? I'm actually defending myself against feeling, you know, bad about this thing happened. Well, that was kind of interesting. And then suddenly I'm laughing about it. So, all right, with, without going too deep on this yeah. stuff. I think that's a, that's a pretty damn good show right here. We'll we'll write down the uh, um, yeah we'll, form we'll, for we'll people. paste up the formula. Look, this is your chance to have John read your stuff. So uh, <laughs> you know he you know so make it interesting. Make it Don't interesting it. and use this formula. We'll post it up in the show notes and go use it. And uh, I really recommend do it like an improv if stream of consciousness just fill the damn thing out and see what comes out that's the most fun way to do it so yeah. thanks john really cool thanks for for doing this and I look forward to seeing what people come up with yeah okay uh, all right john john dash carlton.com for john's uh long-running blog copychief.com for for every, all my dribble and we'll see you guys next time <laughs> bye-bye